The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You are listening to Rewritten with Cynthia Ocelli. Our topic today, reclaiming wholeness, becoming your authentic, secure, and unapologetic self. Hi, friends. I'm excited you're with me this week. This show is going to be the culmination of everything I focus on and encounter and witness sabotage people in their lives. We are going to unpack the internal sources of sabotage and undermining that we created throughout our lives so that we could be more pleasing, more accepted, more successful, cope a little better with the challenges we faced. When we were born, we were whole, hence reclaiming wholeness. Sometimes people say, reclaiming? Well, I don't think I've ever felt whole. I don't think I've ever been whole. So I have to sort of become whole. And I want to offer to you the idea that when you were born, you were ready. You came here with everything you needed to be your authentic self, to give your all to life. Nature does that for every being that is born. Every bird, every fish, they have built in the apparatus to express themselves, to function in life, to be everything that they were designed to be. We also came here whole and ready to be everything that we were designed to be. And within us as humans, we get the extra gifts. We have talents and traits and capacities that are ours to give, unique to us to give in our way. But then in our development, inevitably, whether you had a very rough childhood or a charmed childhood. The development of your true and authentic self was interrupted and redirected. It happens. It's just what happens to all of us. We become domesticated by family, by well-meaning people, by not well-meaning people, by teachers, by peers, by our society. And at some point in our lives, And for the women that I work with and the people in my community, it's usually after we have knocked ourselves out, trying to be everything we were taught to be, trying to achieve everything we were taught to want, and 
having a moment where we go, uh, is this, is this it? Is this all there is? Or something happens in our life that gives us that reality check that, oh, you mean I'm not going to live forever? Or, oh, this was supposed to be everything and now it's falling apart and I am not, this was not what I wanted. This was not how I wanted to feel. Something happens. And I say, if we're lucky, I often say, if we're lucky, something happens. Because I think that some people, and I have known a few, actually go through their entire lives striving to be what they were taught to be, wanting what they were taught to want, and never really reclaiming their wholeness, never really becoming their authentic selves. Many of us, at some point, by, by epiphany or breakdown, realize that we have fragmented ourselves. We have abandoned parts of ourselves to fit in. And this is a sad thing. This is something that is, you know, you can grieve this. It's painful. It's demoralizing. It's depressing. And it stops us from being as powerful as we could be in the world because we're fragmented. We're self-doubting. We're locking parts of ourselves away. We're judging parts of ourselves. We are not in the space of absolute embracing and acceptance of all of our aspects and parts. And this becomes really important and impactful in our lives because a house divided is always less successful than a house united. Yet we spend a lot of our time a lot of our lives being divided in ourselves. So what I want to talk about today is identifying the parts. And I love this idea of parts. When I first learned about parts, I was a little put off because it made me think, okay, so you're saying that I have all these multiple personalities. Is this a problem? And as I have seen it show up in so many areas of life, and I've seen it play out in so many places. I'm very, very comfortable with acknowledging that I and everybody I know have a bunch of different parts inside of themselves that can work in seemingly opposite, opposing directions. And as I have gone through learning about the parts and not trying to change them, not trying to eliminate them, no longer rejecting them, I have become more and more whole, more integrated, more self-accepting, more successful in everything. Because just think about it. If you have aspects of yourself and they're all kind of against each other, nobody's in alignment, somebody's rejected, one part of you is hidden and suppressed, you're not going to be as successful as you would be if all of you showed up all together and you had the benefit of all of your energy. You were whole and you were self-accepting. So you are authentic. You are no longer trying to be someone or something that you were taught to be or that you developed. Let's get into that. We're traveling our life path. We're young. We want our caregivers, primary caregivers, teachers, friends, approval. We want to be loved. It's primal to us. If we don't have love and acceptance, we suffer deeply. And the younger we are, the more deeply we suffer. 
So we create a persona that is the suppression. It's the result of us suppressing all of the emotions, desires, behaviors, and qualities that we have been taught not to exhibit or that we have learned were unsuccessful for us. If we had, for example, when I was little, if I was angry at home, if I was angry and upset, I was chastised for that. And I was told, I was criticized and I was sort of intimidated, you know, don't you talk to me like that. Take that look off your face. Don't you get angry at me. I was conditioned and taught, no, anger is not okay. I was also, I cried if I was, you know, bullied at school or I suffered a lot of racism as a child and I would cry about that. And it was only, there was only so much crying I could do. If I went past the point of my, my primary caregiver's tolerance for emotional upset, don't you cry or I'll give you something to cry about. Get over it. Stop being a baby. Stop being a brat. Like those things we internalize and what we do is we say, oh, When I don't exhibit these behaviors, I am treated better. She or he likes me more, approves of me more. So we develop a strategy and we learn, okay, I can reduce the negativity and the criticism and the judgment against me by being somebody who looks like they're always composed, being somebody who doesn't get upset, always kind of running over and doing what my caregiver needs so that they feel happy. And then I feel happy because they're happy, which is the root of wonderful codependency experience later. I change myself and suppress my authentic self so that my caregiver is happy with me and I get the acceptance, the love, and the absence of criticism and rejection that I so desperately need. We don't just drop this when we no longer need it. We create a persona. Some people call it the representative. Some people call it the mask. We create a persona that we take out into the world. And chances are this is the way that we can receive, again, more approval, more acceptance, more tolerance from people. And we will also attract people who have the same kind of emotional dynamic inside as our primary caregiver. So this is huge. There's a quote by Gabor Mate uh, in The Body Says No. And he says, much of what we call personality is not a fixed set of traits, only coping mechanism a person acquired in childhood. So this is an aspect, a part of us that is existing and it was designed to keep us safe to make us have an easier time navigating the world, to have everybody like us. And we all created this. We all created a persona. That persona, as Gabor Mate says, is really an amalgamation of coping mechanisms. It's not really who we are. It's not the totality of our honesty or our authenticity. And while it was necessary, and helped us earlier in our lives when we didn't have the power to say, I choose to be different and I'm on my own now and I am the leader of my life. I can take care of myself now and I don't need to depend on you for my survival. We don't take the persona off. We continue to wear it. 
This persona can help us if it helps, but oftentimes it stands in the way of us being our fulfilled, fully expressed, fully authentic selves. So that's one part. We also have an inner child, and the inner child is a childlike aspect of us that retains all the memories of happy and sad times from childhood. Childhood joys and fears and wonder and curiosity and creativity and all of our shame. It's got all the past wounding, and our child self can take over when we are triggered. So what does triggered mean? Triggered means regressed. So something happens in the present. We time travel back to a time where we were overwhelmed in an experience, and then we react. And that reaction often undermines and sabotages us in the present moment. So I have another quote for you. This one's from John Bradshaw. The wounded inner child contaminates intimacy in relationships because he has no sense of his authentic self. The greatest wound a child can receive is the rejection of his authentic self. When a parent cannot affirm his child's feelings, needs, and desires, he rejects that child's authentic self. Then a false self must be set up. That's from John Bradshaw, Homecoming, Reclaiming and Healing Your Inner Child. Many of us had outright unloving experiences as children. The people we counted on for our survival may have failed to nurture us or protect us or guide us. That could have happened sometimes or it could have happened often. But it was painful. And if in that moment we felt overwhelmed, we may have suffered trauma. Most of us as children didn't have the capacity to help ourselves through childhood traumas, right? We coped as best we could, but our inner child may today still carry unhealed wounds that cause us to feel anxious, insecure, or burdened without us really understanding why. Many of us had, quote, okay childhoods, and we believe we are trauma-free. Like, no, I had the normal, you know, the, the mom, the dad, the sibling and a dog, and nobody was abusive. And yeah, I have a great family. And you might have a great family, and you may have had an, quote, okay childhood. But still, it's worth turning inward to explore what trauma actually is. So here's a quote from Gabor Mate. Trauma is not what happens to you, but what happens inside you. So many experiences can feel traumatic, can be traumatic. And what is traumatic for one person may not be traumatic for another. It could be far less, it could be not at all, and it could be more traumatic. This is a subjective thing. So Trauma is generally sorted into three types, and certainly not inclusive, but I'm just trying to lay a foundation here. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Big trauma, big T trauma, okay, trauma with a capital T, is what we all typically think of when we hear the word trauma, right? It's what we, we go, oh, and it's like being the victim of or witnessing child abuse, sexual assault, war, murder accidents, violence, torture, terrorism, you know, the biggies, the big terrifying events. And that's what most of us have associated with trauma. And that is big T trauma. But there's also little t trauma. Little t trauma includes events that we often diminish in importance, but they can still dramatically affect our self-worth, our security, our physical and mental health, the ability to thrive in our relationships, in life, at work. Little T traumas include things like being raised by immature parents or emotionally unavailable parents or having betrayal, abandonment, divorce, dog bites, uh, medical and dental experiences. I wrote a blog this week. You can get on my list at CynthiaOcelli.com. I send out emails to my list, and they're a little more open, a little more personal. It's how I stay in touch and connected with the people in my community. And again, I'd love for you to be a part of that. You can get on the list at CynthiaOcelli.com. So in my email this week, I shared that I have white coat blood pressure. And that means that when I go to a doctor or a dentist, they will take my blood pressure and it will look like I have stage two hypertension. And they always go, are you okay? Do you have high blood pressure? And I say, no. Then I go home and I have a, a, high, a blood pressure monitor and an app that tracks it all. And I have very healthy, normal blood pressure. I have also gone through experiences that were traumatic for me. And they revolved around me losing people I loved to dire health crises. So that has manifested by me having high blood pressure when I'm in medical environments. And when I figured this out, I was like, yes. And I know that sounds nuts, but I love the opportunity to grow, to heal, to tend to the parts of me that suffered and weren't tended to at the time that they were suffering. Little t trauma, right? Little T traumas can also include rejection, humiliation, chastising, ridicule. And again, it's subjective. So you could look at something and go, well, that happened to me. I didn't feel anything. That's you and great. And again, like Gabor Mate says, trauma is not what happens to you. It's what happens inside of you. So when you reach that point of overwhelm, little T trauma can begin to take root. Little T trauma occurs in even loving families. A mom who's pregnant, sick, stressed, or otherwise distracted 
an unavailable caregiver may have left you feeling distressed and your need for connection and care went unmet in a moment. Um, an example that I think is pretty powerful is an infant is left to cry and that is its only means of survival. And it's left to cry itself to exhaustion, to go to sleep, the old crying it out, which was recommended by pediatricians when I was a child and before I was a child. That can easily create a situation where a child feels its survival is threatened because it does not understand what's happening. It does not grasp the context. All it knows is, I am using the only means of survival I have, and I am using it full out until I can't anymore because I'm exhausted and I pass out. It is very reasonable for a child to conclude, my survival is threatened. No one is here for me. Little t trauma. And then there are greater traumas. And I don't think most of us talk about them, but thankfully they're becoming part of the conversation now. Systemic trauma. Racism. Sexism. Homophobia. Transphobia. Oppression. Injustice. Discrimination. Poverty. Poor health care. Homelessness. These are examples of systemic trauma. When you look at these three general categories of trauma that I've shared with you, big T trauma, little t trauma, systemic trauma. Virtually all of us have been exposed to potentially traumatic experiences. It is not something that we need to look at others as, oh, they're damaged now because, you know, they've been through trauma. It's something that we need to normalize and destigmatize and embrace the opportunity to heal. We can't move forward in remedying and becoming better to ourselves and one another in healing trauma, if we are judging trauma or denying trauma or using it in a weaponizing way, right? So I have another quick quote for you. John Bradshaw, I can simply tell you that all of us need to be aware that trauma has a twofold potential. It can be the catalyst for creative change or the cause of self-destruction. That takes me to the next part I want to unpack with you, the shadow. If you've studied Carl Jung, you probably are very familiar with the shadow. Uh, Debbie Ford wrote a great book, uh, The Dark Side of the Light Chasers, which is about the shadow. There are a lot of resources out there about the shadow, but most of us aren't really thinking about it. And it's so important because this embracing of the shadow, calling it, into acceptance and our awareness, it's an integral part of us reclaiming wholeness. So to cope with being forced to conform and to carry on after traumas, we rejected and abandoned aspects of ourselves that we perceived as undesirable, unloving, inappropriate, embarrassing, wrong, stupid, crazy, ugly, bad, whatever. And again, sometimes that was what we needed to be okay in the moment but we disowned and suppressed a part of ourselves. We excluded parts of ourselves and those excluded parts make up the shadow. And think about that. That can manifest in destructive and hindering and sabotaging ways. So here, I love this quote by John Bradshaw. I define a quote, good person as someone who is fully conscious of their own limitations. 
They know their strengths, but they also know their shadow. They know their weaknesses. In other words, they understand that there is no good without bad. Good and evil are really one, but we have broken them up in our consciousness. We polarize them. So this shadow part is all of the parts of us that we look at and go, ooh, yeah, that's uncomfortable, right? So let's say that I'm in my persona. The persona that I had was I am intelligent, super competent, super independent. I am calm all of the time. I don't need anything. I love to give everything. And I am always happy. There's my persona. That's the persona that I wore. The flip side, my shadow, is not like that. My shadow feels afraid, uh, insecure, unhappy, irritated, angry, sad. All of the things that I locked away and separated so that I could just be the most magnificent persona and repress and deny the truth of me, the, all, the you know, wholeness part. My shadow has weakness. My shadow doubts itself. My shadow feels inadequate. Mm, my persona feels superhuman, more than adequate, always capable. I can handle anything. Imagine what it felt like for me when life got really hard and my shadow was just screaming out and I'm trying to suppress it with my persona. One of the beautiful things about breaking down, at least from my perspective, and I've seen this with my friends and clients, when you reach a point of rock bottom where you are no longer concerned with what other people think of you, you can embrace everything, whether it would have been acceptable for it to your caregivers or society or not. The act of embracing every part of you, the parts that your persona denies, is extremely empowering. That is a critical aspect of reclaiming wholeness and becoming your actual, true, and authentic self. The beauty of uniting your inner child, your shadow, your persona, because we also don't want to dump the persona. The persona did some really good things. This is not about parsing and, and rearranging. This is about acknowledging, recognizing, and unconditionally accepting every aspect. The inauthentic persona, the inner child, and the shadow, uncared for, unrecognized, and kept divided, can undermine, sabotage, weaken us, stop us from feeling safe and secure in ourselves. Exploring our persona, inner child, and shadow takes us on that journey of personal growth. It is the best journey we can take in all of our lives. And by recognizing our persona as a mask created for protection, we can begin to rediscover our authentic selves. 
embracing our inner child allows us to relieve them of their burdens and it reconnects us with their treasures because they have, yes, all the sad things, all the traumatic things, all the difficult things of our past and our childhood. They also have our ability to play, to imagine, to be creative. They have incredible treasures. By recognizing and integrating our shadow aspects, we can heal wounds and give ourselves the beautiful gift and the unparalleled experience that only we can give ourselves. Total, absolute, unconditional acceptance. Here's a good quote to speak to this. Gabor Mate in Scattered Minds wrote, Self-acceptance does not mean self-admiration or even self-liking at every moment of our lives but tolerance for all our emotions, including those that make us feel uncomfortable. So this healing process, this personal growth journey, begins with introspection, awareness, and non-judgmental acceptance of all aspects of ourselves. Every part of us deserves inclusion. Every part of us has value. And as repressed parts are reclaimed and accepted, we become freer, more authentic, more spiritually connected and empowered. This is how we reclaim our wholeness. If you can imagine what it's like to go from holding up a facade and a persona, which keeps people from being able to become truly intimate with you because you're busy being uh, immune and invulnerable, turning into a person who is no longer consumed by or worried about the approval of others that really centers on her own values, her own gifts, her own true authentic feelings, and lives according to that measure, that standard. It is the most powerful transformative personal growth step I have ever taken. And I've watched others take it, and it is magnificent because the changes in you lead to you becoming your absolute greatest expression, you becoming the giver of your gifts unapologetically, authentically, boldly. You become secure and safe in your skin because, if nothing else, you are home inside of a place that is unconditionally welcoming and accepting. And you are able to connect deeply and intimately and emotionally and vulnerably to others who have that capacity too. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to be all vulnerable and open and everything, and then this person here isn't going to be able to meet me there, What's amazing about this is you stop being attracted to people who resonate with repressed parts of you because those parts aren't repressed anymore. You begin attracting people who resonate with the totality of you, with the complete authentic being that you become. That big journey leaves you on the threshold of the greatest life adventures. And I don't think there's anything more worth it.
If this sounds good to you and you are ready to take this journey, my course Reclaiming Wholeness is coming out soon. In this course, I will guide you on this personal journey to reclaim and unify your disconnected and disowned parts so that you can bring your whole self together in total acceptance and then align yourself to express your dreams, pursue the destiny you choose, to have the life that you came here to live. I have crystallized the steps and the meditations and the exercises and the welcoming of all aspects back into the wholeness that you came here with. I'm super excited to share it. If you'd like to learn about this course and get access to it before I share it publicly, you can go to my website, CynthiaOcelli.com, and opt in to the early bird list. I've got a good amount of people on it already. I will release to the early bird list first because space is limited. The course itself is self-paced, but there's live group coaching with me, and I don't want that group to get too big for everyone to feel like they can share and connect and receive the attention they deserve. I hope you'll join me. I hope you'll go back and listen to this and start to become self-aware. Start to see where you are showing up in ways that amplify one aspect of yourself while denying another. Just become aware. It's amazing how much self-healing and transformation we can do by being aware. Starts there. Thank you for joining me this week. Have a beautiful week. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.